Welcome to the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs show, a safe place for women to heal and grow, where we discover our value, share our tears as we go through the hard times and rise up as we become empowered to meet our challenges head on. Let me ask you, have you ever been in a relationship and felt like you're walking on eggshells? Or have you ever tried to end your relationship because you just keep getting hurt by the other person and then you find that they're wearing you down until you've got nothing left in reserve and that's their opportunity to just push their foot back in the door again have you ever turned the other cheek for your partner more times than you can count after they've done something destructive that's hurt you in some way if you've answered yes to any of these questions then you are in the right place in this episode of tiara's tears and triumphs i talk to fellow podcast host richelle harlington from the transformational soul podcast about my journey through an abusive relationship and out the other side. Now, it's one thing to be in an abusive relationship. And let me just acknowledge that that in itself shows a tremendous amount of strength to be able to do. Not that I understood that for myself at the time that I was caught in the cycle of abuse, but it does. So if you're caught in a cycle of abuse, please give yourself some credit because it does take a tremendous amount of strength and resilience to stay the right side of sane when someone else is doing their very best to steal your confidence. So maybe you don't give yourself enough credit either like me back when I was in that cycle of abuse. Now, what if we could turn that around and just have a think if you've managed to break away from that relationship, that destructive relationship, and you've broken free from that destructive person, well, maybe you still feel like a victim to the traumas of the experiences that you went through. And that can keep you stuck for a long time to come being in survival mode, which effectively will hold you back in your life and can keep you living in the shadows and not living your life to the fullest, keeping you in the shadows in a place where you feel safe, but it's not helping you to grow. So when you are free from that relationship, you don't necessarily feel free. Healing your life is a journey. Now, in this episode you're going to learn how I transformed my life by learning how to fully engage with life on all levels like never before. 
In this episode, you will hear about some of the challenges that I faced and what I learned that can help you to not just survive, but learn how to thrive. Okay, let's open the door on this week's episode and find out how you can find the key to be free again. Let's take a quick break to breathe and hear about how to find the keys that you need to be free. You're off to a great start because you found this podcast to help you to heal your heart. Now, each episode is jam-packed with support and inspiration, but don't forget to check out the episode notes, which is set up to be your life support station. In there, you'll find links to a crisis support list, plus a way to contact us and so much more to help you close the door on fearfulness and pick up the keys to a life where good things are going to be again in store. Okay, take another breath and let it go and turn your attention back to today's show. Just a caution, if you feel unsafe at any time, please stop listening. You can come back anytime you are in a safe place to listen to the rest of the podcast. Your safety is the most important thing to consider. The interview that you are about to hear is from my recent conversation on the Transformational Soul podcast with host Rochelle Harlington. A very special thank you to Rochelle for allowing me to use this podcast episode on the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs podcast. If you would like to check out Rochelle's podcast, please go to the episode notes where you'll find a link. Life is really short and sometimes we don't realize how short and we get so caught up in the dramas and the validation of people and things in society that we forget the most important thing and that is ourselves, our belief and our love for ourselves. In today's episode, I speak with Sandy Johnson who talks about how understanding that loving yourself, being strong within yourself is the most important thing. From there, you have the wealth and the knowledge to move forward. But it all starts with accepting who you are and how beautiful and special you are. So I'd like to welcome my wonderful guest this evening, Sandy Johnson, all the way from Australia. So Sandy, you are a survivor, as many women are, of domestic abuse. Um, You're also the founder of The Key to Being Free and a lovely host of the podcast, Tierra's Tears and Triumphs. So I love that you support women who are struggling with pain, damage, complexities caused by abusive relationships. And I love how you want to help them heal so they can find the key to close the door on fearfulness and also their values and their dreams and their desires. They can get that all in alignment. I I love that you've really 
stepped out of, you know, your comfort zone to really support those women. Because sometimes after domestic abuse, um, it's very hard to come back from it. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, I think that's incredible. So welcome, Sandy. Thank you so much, Rochelle. I'm really, really pleased to be having this conversation with you. Happy to be on your podcast. Oh, thank you, Sandy. So um, maybe you could share a little bit. I've already shared uh, some of your, your, your background and what you're doing. But I guess one of my biggest questions is, um, and maybe you can share a little bit, sort of what I know you had said a little bit, you know, you got into it because of what had happened to you. I remember us having that conversation. But what really spearheaded you into this? Okay, so I'll give you just a bit of a background um, on my story. So as Rochelle said, I am a survivor of domestic abuse and I am one of the one in four women who have experienced some form of abuse in a relationship. Um, For me, there was a lot of psychological abuse going on in that relationship. There was um, a drug addiction from my ex-partners. He was, yeah, he was dealing, battling with a drug addiction and that was a massive influencer on the types of um, abusive behaviours that were going on. Uh, my nervous system was completely shattered, I think, in, in that relationship. Um, I've always been a real heart and soul kind of person. So we hear that term empath a lot these days. And that's uh, empathetic people are people who have got a really good heart and they want to help bring out the best in other people too and support other people. So um, it's quite typical for uh, empathic people to fall prey to um, abusive relationships. Mm -hmm. um, It's been a big learning curve for me going through this journey myself. Um, I probably would have preferred not to go through the school of hard knocks. You know, I think that is a way that we will learn our limitations in life is by going through that school of hard knocks. That was certainly true for me. Um, And I had to learn by experience, you know, what it was to actually um, create safe boundaries for myself and to prioritise my self-care and my safety enough to get the support that I needed to create some of those safe boundaries. So because there wasn't, um, you know, my ex-partner wasn't um, hitting me, I I didn't have bruises to show, you know, that I was really in trouble in that relationship. And so you'll often hear Um, the question being asked where people will say why doesn't she just leave him Mm. when it's not the right question to be asking because there's many many different reasons why a woman can't just leave that relationship there'll be 99% of women who go through abusive relationships are also financially abused and taking away somebody's financial security is a surefire way to disempower somebody and keep them under your thumb. So that's one of the influencing factors 
for me. I lost all my assets in that. I was a homeowner. I had a beautiful home and um, all of that just evaporated because I was caught in this cycle, which was very much a downward cycle that I couldn't break out of. I was there just spiraling out of control with this person because I was no longer in control of the trajectory of my life. I had somebody else taking me on a journey down a path that I didn't want to go. And that's where many women find themselves. They find themselves in this downward spiral and not knowing how to break free from that. So I was in what I would call a revolving door relationship where we were separated. He would wear me down. He would manipulate the children to also wear me down from, so it was coming at me from all sides until I had nothing left in reserve. And then he'd push his foot back in the door again and we'd go back on that same destructive cycle where the abusive behaviours, you know, he'd be on his best behaviour for, say, 24 hours and then it was, you know, back to the same stuff over again. So I was in a typical cycle of abuse where I was made, you know, like love-bombed and given all of these promises that, no, I'll never do that again and, you know, I'm done with that and, all I want is to be a good husband and a good father. And I promise you that that's what you're going to get from now on. And yeah. of course, it, it's never the case. And um, under all of that, you know, like I'm sure that he did have, you know, some of those intentions there, but he, he was never able. One of the things about narcissistic people is they are incapable of taking responsibility for themselves and for their own actions so he was not prepared to take responsibility for the changes that he needed to bring about in his life to be that great husband to be that great father to his children and so we just stayed on the same cycle so um, I learned a lot about addiction along the way I learned how I was enabling him to continue with his addiction by continuing, allowing him to perpetuate that cycle of pushing his foot back in the door again because he was using me as his saviour to rescue him and um, all that was doing was damaging me and my children. So I needed to learn and understand that it was my responsibility to put a safe boundary around myself, um, not just for my own sake, but also for the sake of my children so that my children, I, I was trying desperately to create Um, stability and security for my children in a situation where I was being drawn along this downward spiral. So that just gives you some context to the background. Now, I, I, like many women, didn't think that it would ever escalate to a point where I would, my safety would be at risk. Right. But when I actually got the Um, the courts involved and I got an intervention order or what you might call a restraining order in place to say that he could not come into contact with me or the children. He was not allowed to come onto our property. He was not able to communicate with me, you know, via phone calls or text messages or emails or any. He basically had to give us some space and that was a legal requirement. Mm -hmm. Now, He was never one to um, 
to follow the law. <laughs> he was he was a bit of a maverick. He was a rule breaker. And so he took it upon himself to basically break all of the terms of, of that intervention order <laughs> and, and just, you know, like basically run through the list and tick them all off and make sure that but he broke you know, them all. Yep, he just did whatever he wanted. Oh, and wow. so it wasn't affecting the the change that I needed. What it was doing was ac- actually escalating the situation for myself and for my children. So it got to the point where um, he also made me feel responsible, like I was doing the wrong thing by putting a restraining order in place. Right. And it, it was something along the lines of, what have you gone and done now? You know, like thinking or trying to make me believe that what I was doing was completely inappropriate for the situation. And of course, because, you know, I was in a very disempowered place at that time, I second guessed myself and I thought, what have I done? What have I done? Maybe I've made a real mess of things by putting this restraining order in place. Maybe that wasn't the right thing to do because I'd never to that point had any boundaries in place to hold him accountable for the right. things. That and I think this is a big lesson for you as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So it was a very confusing time for me. And he came onto my property um, one day and he was basically trying to persuade me to um to get rid of that restraining order, to um, take him back in, you know, to give the relationship another go. And I had been around and around this circle so many times and I, I stood my ground that day and I said to him, I said, well, you know, we are never going to be in a relationship again. I need you. to understand that, you know, stop asking me to take you back because we're not going to be doing that again. And I said to him, but but you can still be a father to Uh your children. You know, I wasn't playing games with him. I wasn't trying, you know, I wasn't trying to make his life a misery. I I was really trying to just get him to gently take responsibility for the things. And did he? Yeah, he He did. No, no. So what did he What he did instead, he did go into rehab, you know, right. at one, I think twice he tried okay. rehab, never lasted, right. you know, wasn't able to stick it out. So he did make attempts, but I believe in hindsight that when he made those attempts to clean his act up, that it was because I had drawn, like given him that ultimatum. The line, yeah, yeah, kind of draw the line I, in the sand. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, I yeah. said to him, I'd said, look, you want this relationship to work, you need to go and get some support in right. rehab. And he would say, no, it's all right, I can do this myself or, you know, like, you know, I've got you, as long as I've got you to support me, I can do this. Ah, yeah, yeah, and. Yeah. And I, and I said, no, you don't understand. I don't have the expertise to help you with stopping taking drugs. You need to go to people who are experienced right. with helping people come off drugs. That means 
rehab. You know, right, you exactly. either you either join up with NA, get involved in NA and do it with a sponsor and be part of a program that way, or you go into, you know, a formal right. rehabilitation center and tap into their support and expertise and do what you've got to do to get through that, you know, that, that breakthrough to get that transformation so that you don't keep going back to drugs again. So um, it didn't last. And I do believe that the reason it didn't last is because I was the one who was making it conditional for him. Right. I was, it was, it was my desire. It wasn't his desire. He didn't want to stop taking drugs really. So what he kept doing is he kept paying me lip service. He just kept telling me what I wanted to hear to convince me that that's what he wanted. So um, it took me a long time to work all of that out. And it was Mm. a lot of, you know, trial and error. You know, I had to go through a lot of failing. But you did it. Yeah, (laughs) I did. I th- I really feel like I, I really exhausted, you know, every possible avenue with trying to help him to get that transformation, to get off drugs, to change, turn his life around. Um, do you think so that I that, had to? Do you, do you, sorry. Do you think that that helped you kind of spearhead you along to where you are now? Do you think that's by doing that, by helping yeah. you? Do you think that spearheaded you and pushed you to where you are now? Yeah, I do. I do. I think, but I couldn't say that I was like completely confident at any stage Mm. along the way. And I really want to emphasize that because I think in life, we wait for that definiteness of Mm -hmm. confidence to arise in us before we start taking action. And it doesn't happen that way. What we have to do is we have to act when we're not confident. We have to act when we're we're, not ready. We're not ready. Exactly. We've still got our doubts and, you know, we haven't got that guarantee that our action is going to produce the outcome that we desire, but we have to be prepared to act despite that. So that's, that was probably one of my biggest learnings is that the way through it was acting even when I wasn't sure that exactly. I was doing the right thing. So, um, so, and I only, and I've had to work out. Um, so your listeners may be spiritual people, but I come from like a very spiritual um, place yes. in my life. And one of the things that helped me to gain an understanding about his part and my part is a thing that they actually use, a prayer that they use in Narcotics Anonymous and Mm. in AA. And it's um, God grant me the serenity to Mm -hmm. accept the things that I cannot change, the courage to change the things that I can and the wisdom to know the difference. So that really helped me to distinguish that he played a part. I played a part. Absolutely. I wasn't in control of what he was doing. All I could do was what I felt was right for me and for my children. So, and that, I had to make some really painful decisions. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That, including letting go of that man that I loved and I hoped would mm-hmm. 
change his life around for the better. So um, so when I had that conversation with him that day and I said, you can still be a father to your children, he turned around to me and he said, no us, no kids. And when he said that, I just thought he was spitting the dummy. He was just throwing a bit of a right. tantrum. And which he'd done many, many times before. It's quite typical of his right. behaviour. And um, then 10 days later, I came home from work with my children, opened up my front door and the kids said, what's that smell, mum? And my house was just full of gas. So, Oh, wow. Yeah. So what he'd done is he'd broken a, a pipe underneath the stovetop, um, lit uh, there. I had a a fluid heater that had which was gas driven heater right, right and the pilot light was exposed and it was on I had turned wow. that off in the morning so in what he had intended to do was blow the house up and what happens is when you introduce a burst of oxygen into that mix of gas and flame, yeah, yeah absolutely it's supposed Ooh. to trigger an explosion so an explosion and so I'm not supposed to be here having this conversation with you today. Well, you are. <laughs> I am, but he intended for a different exactly. scenario. Yeah. And um, thankfully that the house didn't explode and thankfully I'm still here, the kids are still here. So what led me to doing all of this work today is that I felt it really, really important for women to understand, even when they're in those relationships where there's, um, you know, name calling, belittling, financially controlling, um, any kind of behaviour that is making you feel disempowered in yourself, making you feel limited in your choices, making you feel as though you're losing your voice, making you feel as though you're walking on eggshells in the relationship, that when any of those things are happening to take heed and know that it is so important for you to put your safety first and then to also prioritise your sanity, to Mm -hmm. understand how important it is to get the right support and to know that it's okay. There's no shame in asking for support. And that's what was one of the biggest things, most instrumental things in helping turn things around for me is when I started tapping into the appropriate supports. So that's, that was my um, my nudge from the universe to uh-huh. do something with the wisdom that I had gained from my own experiences to help support women who were in similar situations to have the courage that they needed to go through that really challenging um, step of trying to navigate a safe path out of that relationship and to be able to pick up the pieces of their life because that's one thing is, as you said at the get-go, it's really difficult for women to recover from being in an abusive situation. Many women, including myself, suffer from PTSD as a result Mm. of going through those traumas. Um, And 
if you are going to recover, you need to engage with your own healing. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's, there's been, so you've got that, the proverbial onion in front of you that is you and your life and and it's like layers you're just peeling it is layers you peel away that first layer and then there it is the next layer is waiting for you to tend to so it's kind of like saying to yourself I love you enough you know women uh, women are great nurturers and in our heart of hearts you know, like we give every all of ourselves to the ones that we love to help them, to support them. Right. But what do we do for ourselves? Where where do we fit on that list of Absolutely. priorities? We we don't sometimes, we don't. We we tend to give so much to everybody else, but not to ourselves. And mm-hmm. I think that that is starting to shift. Um, especially over the last couple of years, I'm sure you've noticed that there's so much of a shift from women not doing that role of having to take it all on or always be the person mopping up after the other one or taking the abuse. So I, I'm starting to see that shift and it, and it isn't from a place of negativity towards men. I think it's just defining our role in humanity as who we are and what we bring to the table and not letting society shape us. Cause I think sometimes there's too many social paradigms that try to put us in a box. This is what women are supposed to do. This is how they're supposed to act. And I, I never really liked that. So I think that that, especially in the last couple of years with the upheaval in the world, I think a lot of that is starting to shift and change. So, and I love that you've done it. Tierra's tears and triumphs. I mean, that's great. I mean, you do, you go all one minute, you feel like, you know, a princess or a queen and the next minute you're in tears. And then the next minute you're having this fantastic day. So I think that's incredible. I will ask you this though. Um, if you could go back to your 18 year old self and give her a piece of advice, what do you think it would be if you could? So I would, there's so many things that I would love to tell my 18-year-old self. Um, I think one of the things that is really rings true for me is that I would tell my 18-year-old self to learn to value myself mm-hmm. and learn to cultivate a loving relationship with myself and allow that to play out in my life so that um, the more that I was able to heal and feel whole in myself, Mm -hmm. the more I would be able to mirror that in my relationships with everybody that I encountered. That is is so true. I think that's such a, a really powerful statement. A lot of times people come out of relationships and they go right back into another relationship and I remember having this conversation with someone and I said to them, you, you can't give what you don't have. And if you're not in a place where you're not in love with yourself and what you have, how can you give to someone else if you can't give to yourself? So I think, Sandy, that's so true to say you have to love yourself first before anybody else. Yeah. And then you can love others. So I think, you know, when I was talking about that onion and peeling back the layers, what I realised is that there was a little girl 
inside mm. of you know all of those layers who was quite hurt right from the time that I was little and that I needed to go back and recognize right. that little girl and let her know that she was whole and she was beautiful and that she was you know lovable and mm. um and that she just had so much to to be able to yeah. give rather than trying to impress anybody right but just to to feel like she was beautiful just as she was without having to do anything exactly and um because I think you know one of the things that is so impactful in a negative way is how dependent we are on the good opinion of other people oh yes the validation from others that seems yeah. to be such a society um kind of like I said before a paradigm it's like we look for the validation and mm. I don't know how many of my clients I've told please don't do that yeah. there should be no validation from anybody other than yeah. yourself yes yeah right yeah yeah, but that it takes work. I don't believe that, you know, that's not an instantaneous um, integration. You, you know, like the moment you might have that understanding when, you know, you're listening to us talking about it, mm-hmm. but you won't necessarily buy that. And, you know, one of the reasons that we stay stuck is because, um, our subconscious mind has adopted these beliefs based right. on based on our experiences, and you can't mm-hmm. you can't discount that, you know. And uh, so you need to open your subconscious mind up to the possibility that there can be another reality for you. Absolutely, yeah. And that will be created through your intentional new experiences and the path that you're intentionally going to go down. And it can't just be this. This is the thing, because I'm a spiritual person and this is one of my learning (laughs) curves in life, um, is understanding that you need to actively reach out and engage and take a very active part in bringing about that change. It's not enough to, so if we, let's just talk about the law of attraction for, for a moment a okay <laughs> and um and I believe that the law of attraction is always working okay Absolutely. and um and people who discount the law of attraction say yeah but I've tried using the law of attraction and even though I want something I, I'm manifesting something really different in my life mm. and if that's the case then you've got to take a look at what your beliefs are and it could be that your beliefs you might be you know saying this affirmation about sending out this order to the universe of what you want but your subconscious mind is telling you something really different putting an order in with the universe but you're cancelling that order out you know not knowing that you're cancelling it out because your subconscious mind so I'll use an example so you're ordering something online um you've gotten really specific you go yes I want this you know blue and white 
polka dot rockabilly dress and you you know you do a search for it and up comes 10 options different sizes you find the one you want you enter all your details the address is there you make your payment so you're actively engaging every step of the way to bring this order back to you you're not just sitting there wishing that you had a blue and white rockabilly dress. You know, you've got to actually play a part in the law of attraction. So, but then just before you click and place that order, a notification comes up that your car registration is due and you think, typical, you know, I want to get myself something nice. And, you know, lo and behold, just like always, in comes a bill and that cancels that out. So that thought has then stopped that order exactly. from being processed. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. It's so true. I, I tell people all the time, you, it, it's the resistance we have. And so the universe mm. wants to give it to you. It's there. Yeah. I said, you can manifest a million dollars or for red Ferrari, just like you can manifest a cup of coffee, a cup of, cup of coffee or Red Bull. And they're like, no. And I'm like, yes, but it's the resistance that you have towards it because your belief system. So it's incredible how that works. And I think though people are starting to kind of understand that they can get it. They've just got to really, really understand that sometimes life comes with challenges. It comes with ups and downs. But if you really are determined to get that dress or to succeed on the path that you're going you're just going to take those kind of bumps and challenges just with the grain of salt and just keep going. Now, if someone wanted to uh, reach out to you, um, where could they find you um, on social media? So if, if you would like to connect with me at all, I, you know, I've got the podcast Tiara's Tears and Triumphs. So there's lots of free I'll resources that in the definitely. within that, which it really Anybody who has experienced victimhood, so, and I believe pretty much everybody has experienced Mm -hmm. victimhood in their life where they've felt powerless to affect change in their life, then check the podcast out and have a a listen, see what you think. Um, I recently did an episode on change your thoughts, change your life. So I think, you know, Rochelle and I come from a very similar place in Mm -hmm. um, our philosophies and um, in what we do. And if you'd like to um, engage with me, I will share a link with uh, Rochelle where you can book in a a call with me um, with compliments and I'll share the website too. So um, I've got lots of free resources for people if you want to come and check them out. So email me at sandyj.thekey at (laughs) gmail.com or you can come to my website (laughs) www.sandyj.com.au. Oh, very nice. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for that. (laughs) So I really want to thank you for coming on today and sharing such a wonderful story. I think it's important that women worldwide and people in general, because it goes both sides, really understand that our power is within ourselves. And it's really important that we understand that. If there's anything that you'd like to leave with the audience today, what, what would you like to share? Any Yes, yes, it's it's going bouncing around in my head and it's just three words, don't give up. Ah, very powerful. 
Very powerful. Thank you, Sandy. You have a wonderful, wonderful morning and day because I know in Australia it is morning there. So thank you again for coming on the show. Thank you for having me, Rochelle. I've loved it. Thank you. I'd like to say a big thank you to Rochelle Harlington for firstly for having me on her podcast, Transformational Souls, as a guest and also for allowing me to share that interview with my listeners. It's really generous of her to do that. If you would like to tune in to Rochelle's podcast, it is on iTunes and Spotify. Just go to the episode notes. You'll find links in the episode notes to take you to her podcast. There'll also be a link in there. If you would like to connect with Rochelle on Facebook, there'll be a link there for you to be able to do that. Don't forget there's lots of useful links in the episode notes for all sorts of supports for you to tap into. Okay, sending you love and wishing you well, Sandy. We all go through dark times. When we do, we often feel alone. This is a safe space for you to come and look for some light. I'm a survivor of an abusive relationship and for a long time I had no voice because I was too scared to speak up and speak out about what was happening to me. I couldn't see a light at the end of the tunnel but when I turned a corner in my life the light started filtering through and I left my old life behind. I am here now to help other women feel seen, heard and valued. I'm reaching out with my light shining on you to help you find your way out of the darkness. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. A note of encouragement if you are struggling with your mental health, please reach out for support with some form of counselling. If you don't know where to start to find a counsellor, a good place to start is to talk with your doctor. There are also many online counselling supports available. And a word of advice, if the counsellor is not a good fit for you, try another and if you need to, try another until you have one that is the right fit for you. Tune in again for the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs podcast, helping women who have been hurt to heal and grow, hosted by me, Sandy J. This program provides a safe place to work on inner peace and a strong mindset, spells out how to spot the red flags, advises on ways to stay safe and work on effective safety planning, gives tips on how to look after you when things are tough, teaches empowerment strategies, acknowledges life's challenges and explores ways to meet these challenges head on to go from surviving to rising to striving and finally to thriving. 
The show includes interviews with other survivors who have come out the other side, who share their stories and insights, as well as interviews with therapists and people working in support roles. I am a survivor and I use my experience and skills to help other women like me. Please listen and be uplifted to rise in this safe space where dignity, kindness and compassion are treasured. And don't forget, if you need some support, I am here for you. I don't want any woman to suffer alone in silence. I don't want any woman to feel oppressed and feel that there is no way out. I want you to know that you can turn a corner. I am a life change facilitator. I help women regain control over their lives. You can find me at sandyj.com.au. Hey now, can you just pause a moment before you go? Because I need you to share your light and leave a review. Can you just take a quick minute to leave a review in iTunes to let other women know this is a show they can trust? It would mean the world to me if you could help shine a light for someone who can't see the light at the end of their tunnel. I need you to do this for someone else who needs some support and encouragement. If you like this show, please subscribe and you will automatically be updated with future episodes when they are released. And please share this podcast with anyone you know who it might help. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Sending you lots of love and light and above all else, wishing you well. You are brilliant. Keep shining. Stay safe, Sandy.